What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Progressive Fit Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Luke Lamont. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about eight things that we need to nail in order to get you back on track to getting that health and that fitness that you wanted that maybe you're working on before summer. This is what this podcast is going to be about. So I hope you're all doing well. Um, hope you've had a great summer so far. Obviously, the podcast hasn't been around for a couple of weeks. Um, I've been off for a week in Spain, in Salou, on a family holiday, followed by having the flu. So when I was flying back on the Tuesday, I came down with the flu and ended up in, uh, in bed for days. So yeah, I'm a little bit behind with work. Anyway, today we're doing the podcast and it is aimed at eight things that is going to help you change the way you look, basically. What we're going to do is we're going to talk about the basics. Okay, but we're going to try and talk to them in a good level of detail so that you can take away action points. Obviously, during the summer holidays or during the summer period, everything's a little bit crazy. People are here, there and everywhere, routines up in the air because if you've got kids, well, it's an absolute nightmare. They're off all day and you've got to entertain them for six weeks. So it's a little bit difficult. I know that. I experience that. Um, If you haven't got kids, then you're probably still, you know, impacted by the summer holidays at some point. So this podcast today is going to be here to help you and as a reference for you to get back on track, okay? So we've got eight different points and point number one then is going to be about calories, okay? So we've mentioned it many a times on the podcast before, but I'm going to give you a new angle, okay, to come up with. Um, One that I sort of played around with and implemented and had you know, good success with before I went on holiday. So stick around for what my angle is on calories with that. So first off then, if we're going to be wanting to change the way we look, then you'll hear many people say that we need to get ourselves into a calorie deficit, which is ultimately burning more energy than we are consuming, right? So you can create that calorie deficit either through moving more, exercising more, or eating less, or 50-50 of each. Okay, that's pretty much it. That's the black and white of it. Now, how you go about doing that is entirely up to you. It could be that currently you've not been doing any exercise, so you start doing exercise for uh, three times per week for an hour. That's probably going to create a calorie deficit. Okay, it could be that you. I got a phone call and it's my son. Do I answer? Do I not? I'm answering. Okay, guys, I'm back. So phone call was short and sweet, so it's all good. Right. So as I was saying. It could be that you're not going to the gym at all and then you start going three times per week. That's probably going to create that calorie deficit. Um, it could be that you've been going to the gym um, for maybe 30 minutes, uh, 45 minutes, but you'd like to go for an hour. Um, so you just up your gym routine to an hour rather than 30, 45 minutes or whatever. Um, if you do that three times per week, that's an extra 45 um, minutes-ish per week, right? So that'll probably create some sort of calorie deficit. Not a major one, so it'll be manageable, it'll be doable for a a more sustainable period. Um, It could be that you've been going to the gym three times per week, but your steps haven't been that great in the holidays because you've been in the house. But it could be now that you're able to get out more when the kids are in school. It could be just whatever reason that you're able to get out more. So it could be that you now start being able to get uh, more steps done and tracking on your Fitbit or your uh, Apple Watch or on your phone or however you track your steps or just getting cardio in in general. I know exactly how difficult it is to get cardio in when the kids are off school. I really struggle with that because they're always here um, and they don't want to go for walks while Louie doesn't. Zaya, my little daughter, she can just be put in a, um, a pram and I can just wheel around. But Louie, he's seven, so 
Um, it's not as easy. I can just chuck him on a scooter and he's sometimes quite happy to go with that. But obviously he gets bored quite easily. He's a seven-year-old boy. He wants to play footy and stuff, not go for walks. Um, so that bit is difficult. But, you know, just upping your needs, your non-exercise activity, if you like, that's going to help create that calorie deficit. Um, now we could look at a food aspect as well. So, for example, if you're eating your three main meals um, and you've got some sort of guidance on what your plates look like, okay, so if you're saying half a plate is vegetables, a quarter of a plate is protein, meat, fish, whatever, and then the other quarter then is carbohydrates, then that's a pretty good plate to look at and we don't really want to change that. So what we might look at is the snacks around the meals um, and it could be that you're snacking in between each meal. So can we limit that snacking or if it's a 200 calorie snack, can we switch that to a 100 calorie snack? So then you're going to be uh, saving 300 calories each day. So there's your 300 calorie deficit in one day. It's just by swapping the snacks from 200 calorie snacks to 100 calorie snacks. It could be at breakfast time. <coughs> oh, that's the flu lingering. That is a bit of a cough still. Um, it could be at breakfast time, you're having three pieces of toast with three eggs. Can you have two pieces of toast? And that's 100 calories saved. So it could be little tweaks like this here and there, okay? Um, so that's a sort of food one. It could be that the majority of your calories were coming on the weekends, um, potentially for alcohol on a Friday or Saturday night. That might come to a stop onto summer end. So, you know, you're automatically going to put yourself into a calorie deficit just by the summer holidays being over, all right? So these are the sort of behavioral things that you want to look out for when it comes to the nutrition aspect of things. Calorie deficit then is pretty much in most cases required in order to, to change the way you look, okay? Now, the way that I done it before I went on holiday, which is slightly different, and you've probably not really heard of before, it's called body recomposition, okay? So it's essentially using current fat as energy to build muscle, which then makes you leaner, okay? So it's a lot longer to do. It takes The process takes a lot longer than to say go into a calorie deficit, so if you've got the patience, then by all means go for it. You've got to have a decent amount of muscle mass um, in the first place because you need that muscle to fuel and to be able to push through and work hard. Uh, and then that's going to help them burn that fat. So that's the second aspect of it. The third one is the discipline. Okay, so it kind of links the first two together, the discipline to actually stick to it and be patient enough to ride it all out because it can be frustrating at times when you're not seeing changes on the scales or potentially you're not seeing changes in clothing or you're not seeing changes in uh, measurements or anything like that. And pictures do change slowly, but again, it depends how experienced you are at training. The more experienced you are at training, then the quicker you're probably gonna change through body recomposition. If you're not very experienced and you don't have as, as much muscle mass, then it's gonna be a far longer process. So it kind of depends on your training age and how well you've trained in the past. Oh no, sorry, I'm gonna lose my voice. How well you've trained in the past <clears throat> um, will depend on how quickly or how, um, how long it will take for you to body recomp, okay? So point number two then is still nutrition-based, but now we're gonna look at protein. So what we want to do is we want to ensure that we're eating enough protein, not only to maintain muscle mass, not only to build and repair muscle mass, but to keep you satiated, which basically means fuller, for longer between each meal, okay? So if we're getting three decent portions of protein 
at breakfast, at lunch, and at tea time, then the chances are that's gonna help us then control our blood sugar, which may help with cravings and keep us fuller for longer, and then we're more likely then to stay on track, okay? So the way I like to break it down in some cases, for some people if they struggle to get protein in, is in the morning, can you have something like eggs or bacon or smoked salmon with some bagels or something like that? Uh, there's protein yogurt, you could have protein shake and porridge, you could have a protein bar if need be, or if wanted. Um, you could put some protein powder and make and get some like make some pancakes or some waffles, protein waffles, as long as they're not too high calorie. Um, so there's lots of different options there. I personally just go for eggs, or I tend to have um, cereal or porridge with a protein shake. Um, I'm not really one for protein yogurts and stuff like that, I just don't think uh, they're cost worthy. Um, you know, it's like two pounds for a yogurt, where it's like, what, 20p for a scoop of protein when you buy it in bulk, that with some oats. It's a lot more cost effective. Um, but again, it's entirely up to you. So they're your options for breakfast to get a good amount of protein. You want round about 20 grams, 20 to 30 grams, 30 for males, 20 for females. You know, if you're on shores, go ballpark in the middle, 25. Um, that's what I tend to say to shoot for, not exact not exact numbers, but it's just it's just the goal, right? It's just something to aim for. Um, and then we've got our lunch. So for lunch, I, you know, people struggle. I say, I'll oh, go for fish um, and go for white meats. So then you've got some like sort of options there. You've got loads of different choices of fish, uh, common ones, you've got salmon, you've got tuna, you've got hake, you've got cod, you've got haddock, and then white meats, you've got chicken breast, you've got turkey. I've got no issues with um, with chicken legs, chicken thighs, chicken wings, as long as you're again getting enough protein, which is obviously some sometimes more difficult to measure on a on a bone. Um, and then you've got turkey mints as well, obviously. So they're different options that you can have for lunch. And then for the evening meal, then maybe go for the red meat, so like um, beef, di- you know, diced beef in the casserole or something like that. You could have mints. You could have pork, pork tenderloins. Again. Um, you throw those in stir fries, have them with potatoes, have them in sauces. There's so many different options. So red meats there. And then even if you wanted, you could mix them, you know, like, so you don't have to have just fish at lunch. You can have fish in the evening as well. Because I personally like salmon, new potatoes, a bit of sweet chili sauce, vegetables. It's absolutely delicious. Um, I personally like a fresh piece of cod, not battered or breadcrumb, on a Friday night with a few homemade chips, you know, just potatoes sliced into wedges, thrown in the oven. Um, like it's a um, fish and chip Friday or whatever. So, you know, these are the different options. And it's a great way to get your protein in. And I always like to say that just top up your protein a little bit maybe with a protein shake or if your calories allow a protein bar in the day as well because if you're getting, say, 30 grams in the morning, 30 grams midday, 30 grams in the evening, that's still 90 grams. Most males want to be hitting around about 125 to 200 grams. So then a protein shake will just help that um, because it's around about 40 to 45 um, grams of protein for two scoops of protein in a protein shake. So 90 plus 45, you're hitting around about 135. So you're looking then at hitting your target. Females, you know, if you're getting two for what, 60 grams, for your meals and then maybe have a protein shake you're looking at about 80 grams so that's cool um i'm not as strict with um females on their protein intake um, i still want it to be relatively high at least 20 grams per meal 
like not as strict as I am with the guys because the guys always tend to be want to be more muscular, which then protein is going to have a, a more um, a bigger effect basically. So the guys need to have that little bit more protein, not go crazy with it, but just have that a little bit more. Right then, so point number three, it's micros, so your micronutrients. So you don't need to be counting your five a day. You don't need to be going like overly obsessed. Just simple piece of fruit at breakfast, a piece of fruit as a snack, salad or vegetables if you want, but salad at lunch, and then two portions two portions of vegetables then with your evening meal, and that's your five a day hit. And then you could go beyond that then and have another piece of fruit mid-afternoon as a snack, and then potentially one after training or after your evening meal, and you've got your seven a day, which is obviously the new recommendation. But I'm happy with five a day. You know, let's not go from not having any or having one or two pieces to trying to aim for seven. Let's just try and break it down and hit it almost so that we're a little bit better than what we are. So when I break that five a day down, it's so simple to hit, isn't it? Hopefully you've just realized and gone, well, that's actually quite easy to hit. Because I know for a fact that if somebody said to me, Luke, hit your five days, like, Jesus, how am I gonna hit five vegetables in a day? And it sounds completely unrealistic, but when you say two fruits, one in the morning, one as a snack, salad at lunch, vegetables in the evening, piece of piss, right? So it's now it's just getting into the habit of making sure it's with each one. I personally would just buy in bulk and maybe have grapes as my fruit for the whatever three days until the um the tub of grapes was gone and then i might switch to bananas or apples or whatever um in my house we tend to have bananas satsumas apples uh grapes and i like buying kiwis so we have those five fruits and we tend to have those five in at one point because my kids both love fruit so they tend to have the apples and the satsumas and i tend to have the kiwis bananas grapes we are grapes so Again, it's just about not wasting food, getting that whatever works for you. Um, it could be the same fruit for the week and then you switch it or the same vegetable for the week and then switch it, whatever works best. Tone. So by tone, we want to look toned, right? We want that firm, athletic feeling and look. So in order to do that, we've got to do resistance training. Now, resistance training doesn't mean lifting weights. It doesn't mean doing bodybuilding. It doesn't mean lifting super heavy. It just means doing some sort of, fighting some sort of resistance, okay? So it could be body weight or it could be with weights. It's entirely up to you. It's whatever you prefer. It could be a mixture of the two, which is pretty much what I've done today, okay? Not not like dead, dead. Not like completely half and half. I've done one body weight exercise. Um, I don't want to make it sound like I've done loads of body weight, but I tend to do two or three body weight exercises. So it's pull-ups, push-ups, and dips. They're the three I tend to mix in. Other than that, it's very rare that I do body weight exercises, unless I'm going through a CrossFit stage of my training, which I haven't done now for, I don't know how long, maybe a year. Um, so in the minute, I'm very weight-based. Um, so the resistance training is key because that's going to help strengthen our muscles. It's help, going to help build the muscle a little bit and it's going to give you that that firm and athletic look that everybody seems to be wanting these days, right? Or want that sort of cover model look or that Gymshark look and lifting weights is going to be key to that. You don't have to go five times per week, six times per week, seven times per week with all these crazy different splits and workout days. You can very simply go three times per week train your whole body each time, maybe pick a different exercise in each plane of movement each time. So you want a vertical push, which is pushing upwards. 
you want a vertical pull, which is some sort of pulling down or pulling up. You want a horizontal push and pull. Um, and you want some sort of squat movement, so like a squat or a leg press or a lunge. And then you want some sort of hinge movement, which it's basically got to target the back of the legs. So perhaps something like a deadlift, Romanian deadlift, or even a lion leg curl if you're a complete novice or if your training um, is tailored in such a way that you can't do a hinge on the same day as a squat. So that's going to be key, your resistance training. Okay, so the next one then is about your training. So you want to be able to progress what you're doing in the gym, either on a weekly or bi-weekly basis. You can do this in multiple ways. You can do it by lifting heavier over time. It doesn't have to be by masses of kilos each time. It can just be like the, the most uh, smallest weight in the gym, which is probably 1.25 kilo. Just by adding one of those on, that's great progress. Don't think, oh, it's going to be little, it's nothing. It makes a big difference. So you can add more weight over time, lift heavier. You could do more. So if one week you're doing 10 reps, the next week you could do 11, the following week you might do 11 again, but then the next week you do 12, that's great progress. Another way to progress your training is by decreasing the rest periods. So if you're resting for 90 seconds and then the next week you're resting for 75 seconds and then the next week you're resting for 60 seconds, but you're lifting the same weight, same reps, that's great, you're doing it with less rest in between, so that's great progress. Um, so there's lots of different ways to track your workouts and lots of different ways to measure your progress. You wanna make sure that you are progressing over time now. Don't stress about having to progress every week because you're probably not going to, you're probably gonna burn out at some point. But over time, you wanna make sure that you're getting that a little bit better. Um, there's so many different factors that are involved in progress that that's why it's very difficult to see it week on week if if for example you're just part of the general population if you're an elite athlete then you probably should see progress every week but I don't see it because my sleep has a big impact what I eat my job my kids and just generally my life so I can't progress every week just because there's so many different factors determining what um, what has an impact on that progress okay so look for progress over time. You wanna be tracking your workouts um, just so that you've got uh, some data collection basically and then you can, you've got something to aim for each session so that you're going into the gym with, right, I need to look at matching or beating this. This is the goal, this is the objective and then go for it. If you don't, don't worry about it. It might just be a one-off or a week off or whatever. That's cool. But over time, again, that's what you wanna be trying to be beating, okay? Plus, if you go in and you've got your workout tracked and you know what you've done last week, I can almost guarantee that you're going to push a lot harder knowing that you've done, say, 10 last week on a certain number. You've done 10 reps. Even though you're really tired and really stressed and really can't be asked, I can guarantee you're going to push harder to get nearer to that 10 than what you would do if you didn't have that 10 written down and just went in for, oh, just done the reps and you probably end up with like five. I can guarantee you'll push further and probably get eight, nine, maybe even hit the 10 or maybe even beat it. All right. So log your workouts, maybe in a log book, um, which is what I personally do. Just carry a little book around the gym with me um, with a pen. Probably sounds stupid if you've never seen it before, but a lot of people do it these days. So you wouldn't be like alien. Um, you could do it on a spreadsheet on your phone, you know, like on a, a Google Excel sheet or whatever. Um, or you could get an app. You know, there's lots of different apps out there these days. 
so you could just log it into an app but as long as you've got that record or you could do it on notes um, you know notes on your phone just write down the exercise the weight the reps and then try and beat it each week there's so many different ways to do it um, it's finding what's best for you so just follow a periodized program and make sure that you're progressing as often as you can over the course of time that you're progressing don't worry if it's not every week okay so the next point then is cardio cardio is not essential for fat loss or changing the way you look however it does massively help and improve your fitness and cardiovascular health okay so a lot of people think oh cardio isn't essential for fat loss i won't do it but then forget the positives that cardio actually is okay or is cardio cardio actually brings which is obviously it makes you fitter helps you maintain your fitness or improves your fitness but cardiovascular health okay so that's why it's important now it is a tool as well so if you're training quite hard in the gym with your weights then you're probably going to get fitter through that i know i've done that in the past if you're squatting deadlifting two three times per week you're going to get fitter you're going to get stronger you're going to improve your cardiovascular health now if you're training just in the gym and then maybe you hit a little plateau then you can implement some cardio it might just be going for a 45 minute walk twice per week or it might be doing two lots of treadmill sessions for 30 minutes per week just to help um, with that fat loss that's fine but don't get obsessed with it and it's there as a tool it's ideal for cardiovascular health but again it depends on how hard you're training so cardio is there and it will help change the way you look okay but it will also mainly help your cardiovascular health so then you've got your neat as well so your non-exercise activity thermogenesis so this is number seven. So basically with your NEAT, you want to stay active when you're not exercising. So it's your non-exercise activity. Okay, so it could be like you're walking to the shop rather than driving to the shop. It could be that you're walking upstairs rather than taking an elevator. Um, it's clocking up how many steps you do to the kettle and back on, from the sofa. Um, how busy you are, hoover in the house, yada, 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 right? Okay, there's so many different ways of getting these steps in. So the idea is that you do 10,000 steps per day in most cases, which works out roughly five miles. If you've got a Fitbit, I'd say track um, the distance rather than the steps because you can get steps just by waving your wrist. But with the distance, you've actually got to walk or walk-ish the distance in order for it to clock up to five miles, which is roughly 10,000 steps because there's around about 2,000 steps per mile. Um, so... The more calories you burn for your NEAT could be a positive thing because that could put you in your deficit, right? So a lot of people just by not doing anything in work all day and then going to the gym and then not doing anything at home all evening probably have a very low step count. Let's say it's around about 4,000. Now you suddenly make a conscious effort to go to six, seven, eight thousand. Your current, you're going to all of a sudden start burning more calories. So that could then put you in that deficit, or it could then start helping with fat loss. Okay, so it's those little things. So neat is something, you know, something quite important. Um, it could be that you just leave the car at home twice per week and walk to work. It could be that you work, uh, walk, uh, work. I'm lying here. 
can't get my words out. It could be that you park your car in work in the furthest spot away from the door so that you have to walk out a little bit further. I tend to do that in supermarkets. I park on the other side of the car park. My girlfriend goes mad, but hey, I'm taking her for a walk so she shouldn't complain. And then we walk across because it goes gets us those little bit more steps. It's those little things, those little habits that help and maintain over time, um, keeping that lean, healthy look, okay, and lifestyle. And the last one then, number eight. So number eight is your sleep, okay? So we wanna be aiming for anywhere between seven and a half and nine hours per night. Some people can get away with less, like six hours, but most people need a lot of sleep. Even a lot of people that say, I don't need a lot of sleep, still need a lot of sleep, okay? So anywhere between seven and a half and nine hours. The reason why it's a random number like seven and a half and nine and not eight is because we tend to sleep in cycles and each cycle lasts around about one and a half hours. So we wanna be getting around about 35 to 40 cycles per week and that works out around about seven and a half to nine hours per night. So if you wake up on eight hours, the chances are you're mid-cycle and you can wake up quite delirious, okay? And not knowing where you are, get that sicky feeling, which I hate. So if you can set your alarm to go off seven and a half hours later or nine hours later, rather than eight or eight and a half hours later, you'll probably feel up, yeah, feel up. You'll probably feel a lot better, wake up a lot more refreshed, and it'll probably be easier to get you out of bed. The best example I can give is if you set your alarm on seven and a half or nine hours, that's like somebody just giving you a little nudge to say, hey, wake up. Whereas if you set your alarm on eight, eight and a half hours, that's like somebody punching you in your face saying, get up now. There's a big difference, right? One's nice, one's not so friendly. So seven and a half, nine hours, that's sort of like the sweet spot. What I will say about the eight hours is, I think eight hours comes in for two reasons. One, because it's an hour per every two hours you're awake. Because if you're asleep for eight, you're awake for 16. So then you'll get an hour of sleep for every two hours that you're awake in a day. That's one argument. And then the other one is that, uh, I've just thought of this now, this is completely made up by me, this one now coming. But if you went to bed for aiming to get your eight hours, it's gonna take you roughly 30 minutes to get to sleep-ish. So you're allowing, well, at which point you fall asleep, you wake up seven and a half hours later. So I think that's why it's eight hours. Okay, so try and get that sort of right and that will make a big difference, especially if you're somebody who struggles to get up in the morning. Six hours, um, what's the other one? Is it four and a half hours? Even if you set your alarm after those periods, it's a lot easier to wake up because you're waking up in your light sleep, if you like. So the importance of sleep then is crucial because it can help with decision-making around nutrition, around your cravings, around your mood, training, training effort, and like your needs as well. So for example, if you're already tired, you're probably gonna be craving your favorite foods. It could be sugary foods, it could be savory foods, crisps, etc. And the chances are, you're probably gonna give in because you're tired and you don't wanna think about no or what other options you can have. So it's just easier to give in and have them. Plus, you're probably thinking of the sugar rush or the the quick stimulus it's gonna give you, the fast energy it's gonna give you, but soon after, you're gonna crash and then you're gonna be wanting it again. And then it's just the spinning wheel. Um, also, if there's a burger and chips available in the canteen and you've got your lunch, 
when you're tired, the chances are your decision making becomes that poor that you'll probably choose the burger and chips rather than the pre-made lunch because the burger and chips will just sound better. It's normal. It's full of sugar, it's full of fat. It just sounds more appealing. It feels more appealing. Your body thinks it needs it, wants it. And then the chances are you can't be asked fighting in your brain. So you're gonna go for it and you're gonna have that. And then you're sort of off track because now you're having a thousand calories rather than your 400 calorie meal, which could potentially put you out of your deficit for the day, which is say it's 300 calories and you're then 300 calories over for the day. So that's tomorrow's deficit. So then you're out of your deficit for two days of the week because of one burger and chips. Well, it's not because of the one burger and chips, it's because of the sleep, the lack of sleep, okay? So sleep as well, going into the gym, you might think you're training hard, but you're not training as hard as what you could because, or exercising as hard as you could, because you haven't got enough sleep. So your training performance could be getting worse week on week and you're not progressing because you're not getting enough sleep and you're not fueling yourself and everything's getting a little bit worse. So at which point you're not working your body as hard, at which point you're not gonna be working, uh, burning as many calories as what you could, all right? And then you look at your mood, okay? So it could be that you're tired, so then you're in a bad mood, you start pissing people off, people start pissing you off, then you start thinking, oh, sod this, got this, blah, 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 and then you're more likely to give in on your diet, eat sugary foods, blah, 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 blah. The cycle just keeps going round and round, right? And then there's your neat, there's the neat aspect. So if you're really tired, what are you gonna choose? The elevator or the stairs? It's most likely the elevator because you can't be always walking up the stairs. Where are you gonna park when you go to shop? Probably as close as possible as you can, okay? Rather than the other end of the car park so that you can walk across because you just wanna get in, get out, go home, sit on the sofa, right? And that's all because of the sleep. So this is why sleep is so important. It helps so much of your decision-making. It helps so much of your motivation, your nutrition, your training you need everything. So if your sleep fails, then the chances are everything else fails, all right? So take care of your sleep, all right? So that is the eight then. Number one, we've got calories. Make sure you're in a calorie deficit or if you're experienced and patient enough, you can body recomp, body recomposition. Number two, ensure you're eating enough protein. So for females, I say around about 20, 25 grams per meal. And for males, I say around about 25 to 30 grams per meal with a protein shake or protein bar top-ups. Micros, make sure you're getting your five a day. Um, fruit at breakfast, fruit as a snack, salad at lunch, and then two portions of vegetables with your evening meal. Um, if you wanna look toned, if you wanna feel toned, then you've gotta be resistance training, either weight training or body weight training. It's entirely up to you, but make sure that you're getting in the gym basically and doing some lifting. With your training then, make sure that you're progressing it, you're keeping a log and you're trying to beat over time what you've done and trying to get, it is new new personal bests, but it doesn't mean for one rep, it means like whatever you've done, okay? It could be that you're, you're 10 reps, you try and beat what how heavy you can lift for 10 reps. Cardio is a tool. It's not essential for fat loss, but it is a tool. It is great for improving your fitness and cardiovascular health. If you enjoy it, implement it. If you don't enjoy it, then find a way that you can enjoy it to implement it for your cardiovascular health, to improve your fitness, and so that you know it could potentially burn a few more calories and help you with your goals. NEAT, so your non-exercise activity. The T is for thermogenesis, don't worry about that word. So try and stay as active as you can when you're not exercise, okay? So can you walk to places instead of taking a car? Can you choose the steps, blah, 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 okay? And then the last one is sleep. 
I think I spent the most time covering sleep. Aim for seven to aim for seven and a half to nine hours each night because it has such a big impact on everything that happens during the day. Decision making, nutrition, cravings, mood, training, training effort, neat, etc. Okay. Right guys, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Be sure to hit subscribe. Be sure to share the podcast on social media, on Instagram, on Facebook. Uh, I will reshare it if that's cool with you. If you tag me in it, um, leave us a review. If I've not said that. Five star if you think it's worthy. So I will see you in the next episode. Remember, make being progressive a habit.